You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers, and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Sponsored by Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable and powerful with better data and insights. Welcome to the Influencers in Accounting show with me, Rob Brown. On behalf of the Accounting Influencers Podcast Network, we have shows going out every day of the week for accounting and fintech people all over the world. I'm thrilled to have with me today our special guest, Steve Rosfold. Hello, Steve. I'm doing great, Rob, and it's really nice to be on your show. Steve, for people I haven't come across, you tell us a bit about your background and your areas of expertise. I worked for uh, multinationals for about uh, 20, the first 22 years of my career, um, all on the finance and accounting side. Uh, traveled kind of a little bit around the world, uh, stayed a lot in the northern part of the U.S. and then spent some time in Europe and uh, all on the finance side. So uh, when I left my first corporate job after 18 years, I became the CFO of a, a company uh, out here on the West Coast in the U.S. And it was a grain processing business, a global business that had, you know, uh, businesses in the U.K. and Australia, uh, Canada and the U.S. And so uh, that was a challenging job for me and that it was my first role outside of a uh, where I was the, the main person responsible for all the activities of CFO, including the funding side. So I learned a lot from that. And after uh, four years of that, we moved the office to the headquarters for the company that I worked at. And uh, and we had kids in college. So uh, we stayed here in the U.S. Uh, or in the West Coast. And I ended up starting my own practice. So I did advisory practice for about uh, about 12 years, 13 years. And then I started CFO.University. So all, all of my career has been around the finance and accounting side. A big part of that's been doing either the CFO role or training people in the CFO, advising boards and, and CEOs in the CFO role. I happen to be a CPA, uh, but that uh, from, a, from a testing standpoint, I never practiced in public accounting. So I know your audience is a CPA audience. And, and I went through the pain of, of uh, you know, sitting for the exam and passing the exam, uh, but I never sat in their chairs. I was always on the opposite side of the auditor when it came to the, the year-end financials. I'm a part qualified accountant. I didn't get as far as you. I used my numerical expertise to teach children mathematics in high school. So it was more fun, but a lot less money. So. <laughs> <laughs> Probably was more fun. Yeah, you're right. Probably. Well, it's great to have you with us, Steve. And then we have an increasing emphasis on a blurring of the CFO accounting skill base. And on this episode, we're going to talk about the accounting qualification, the training, the skills, and what it takes to be a great accountant and why the CFO skill set is increasingly coming into that. So let me start by asking you, what kind of shape do you feel the CPA accounting profession is in right now from where you stand? You know, I think there is, it's getting shaken up quite a bit. Um, and part of that's the whole automation. Uh, a lot of the roles of the old audit roles are being automated as the accounting roles are too, what it makes general ledger entries, things like that. So there's a lot of automation taking place, which is then moving CPAs into a more analytical role, which I think is really good. But in the past, so much of our, you know, the audit, the statistics that we did and all the audit function was set up to look over transactions and do what was quite manual. And that a lot of that's being automated. So some of the roles 
uh, in the CPA world or the chartered accountant world are kind of getting mechanized out. And that's a great opportunity, I think, for CPAs and and because that was never a very fun part of the job, right? But you always started as a junior accountant and a, a junior auditor. You came in and and you were the one that got the big, you know, general ledgers to kind of go through and find, you know, where there was errors and stuff. And that was a lot laborious. It's work. the grunt work, isn't it, Steve? The yeah, it was it was terrible work. Yeah. But it also made it gave you some skills that were, you know, pretty analytical and good. So I, I think it um, the, but the role is shifting in that there's, there's a, you know, we expect more out of our auditors. So as a, as a CFO of a company, the expectation is set higher for the bar. An auditor just can't come in and give you an opinion on your books. They have to bring a lot more insight to that. So that's where I think we see a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of the accounting firms and certainly the bigger ones. And you see what EY is doing with their management consulting practice and maybe, you know, spinning that off uh, that, that whole area of how do we make money if the audit isn't worth as much as it used to be. And, and when I say worth, it's still worth as what was before. It's just that we can do it much cheaper. People expect it to be done at a much, much cheaper. It's not that its value is any less. So it's kind of an interesting conundrum for accountants in that they, they're the training and say a lot of the training that we came up with early um, is is not as necessary now in our roles. So that's where the big shift in accounting is taking place is, is how to how to manage that shift. We'll dip into that for sure. But let's go back to the word automation. You called it a conundrum and you describe it as an opportunity for accountants and freeing them from a lot of the mundane, repetitive work. But is it also a threat for the accounting profession? It certainly is. I mean, because it, 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 it keeps pushing further and further. So if you think about what an audit is, an audit is, did you do what you say you were going to do? Did you know did that? You know, basically what we're trying to do in an audit. And the more you can mechanize that, the less role there is for that. So, you know, you can see a lot of, I, I can see companies doing a lot of, you know, we've always had the internal audit function, but the internal audit function automated can replace a lot of the old audit or attestation function. So, you know, the independence from a, from a chartered account and a CPA is always going to be important. That's going to, there, people are going to expect an independent role, but with blockchain technologies, with things where people get comfortable, that independence doesn't have to be an independent person or an independent entity. All of a sudden, you, you you know, if people rely on other ways to find that independence and that, yes, you're validating, you know, they're validating what you're doing, um, you know, it really, it really makes it a question mark, you know, how big these accounting, these uh, CPA and chartered accounting companies can be, um, you know, how big do they have to be? And they're pretty big right now, right? So you see, they're, they're going into a lot of different areas because they recognize this. I'm not the first person to point this out. Um but it, they recognize that there's, there's, you know, they, they have a lot of talent. They hire some really smart people. You know, how do we put that to use? And that's what we're seeing the scramble for, you know, how do we create more value with these companies when the audit isn't really a fo- our focus anymore? And is there a case to be made for the minimization of the CPA input? I've had stories now of businesses that are choosing not a CPA to do their audit, but software accredited specialists that can push all the right buttons and do all the right things and crunch all the right numbers that don't have any kind of CPA qualification. I think that um, in the lower tiers, lower, smaller size companies, that makes a lot of sense. I think people, when you have big banks and big shareholders and big, you know, where you're, and you're a public company, there's more at stake, Steve, isn't there? Well, and you, so you need, you need a big four, you need a bit, or, you know, some, you know, and, and not that we may not move that way, just what you're saying, there may be a very small part for those big companies to play in the end, but I can see these, that what you described kind of chipping away at the, the, uh, 
the value that uh, the big firms create in that role. So it's really, I think it's interesting. I hadn't heard what you had just described, but it makes tremendous sense for smaller companies who really aren't looking to go to the public markets and don't have a big bank line. So their their constituents or their 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 stakeholders in the financials aren't quite as broad, maybe as as a public company would be. When I look back to my maths teaching. And you're teaching a class of teenagers algebra or something like that. The common retort is, what good is this to us? What, how will I use this in real life? And when you look at the accounting qualification as it is, in the UK here, it's chartered accountancy. Over there, it's the certified public accountants designation. Is it fit for purpose, Steve? Here's what's fit for purpose. And, and, and CPAs learn this, chartered accounts need to learn this. The financial statements are still the language of business, right? When it comes right down to it. So that's the piece, understanding how to work through a financial statement and what a balance sheet is, how to read a balance sheet, what an income statement is, how the cash flow, how it all relates. Those are hugely valuable skills, hugely valuable. And sometimes our the accreditations don't really focus on those, but your background does, your education will, you know, but... So that's that's the value that gets created, I think, in, in these is that um, it's understanding that. And, and, and we know that accounting and finance people know the financial statements. The financial statements are still the way we report our company's success or failures and people understand that. So the better we know that, the better off we are and finance and accounting people get to know that. And audit does that, right? So you go in an audit and what you're doing, you're looking at the deep financial. So it may not be by plan. It may not be, but but what we do it creates a lot of value, and that learning that we get out of that creates value. The way we go about it might we might be able to do it quicker, easier. The accreditations might almost get in the way of some of that. Uh, but um, I want to emphasize that the skills that we learn as accountants are hugely valuable to businesses and to to our economies. Let's talk about financial statements for a moment. We've had on this show Professor Baruch Lev comes out of New York and he wrote a book called The Death of Accounting. And his essential premise was, Steve, that financial statements are not fit for purpose because they don't tell investors the real story. They don't tell the, the world out there what they really need to know. What's the brand of the company? What is the intellectual property of the company? What is the uh, the HR function and the culture of a company and what is the quality of the team like and all these things that investors might need. So do we feel that the accountants are hamstrung by the stuff they have to report? Well, you know, if you're thinking about Gap and IFRS being um, behind, yeah, they, they have their issues, right? We're a 500-year-old industry. Double entry accounting goes back 500 years and it hasn't changed all that much. What's changed is our tools to analyze things, how detailed we can get, things like that. Um, so I, I would agree a little bit with him. My, the challenge is, and, and maybe I agree a lot with him, but because there are there are a lot of things we're missing. We're missing, you know, what talent is what runs our businesses, and we expense talent. We don't capitalize it, and and but that's a really tough question. So that doesn't mean we shouldn't try to answer it. We shouldn't continue to answer it. In fact, there's a, a new book out today called The New ROI by a guy named Dave Bookbinder who looks at human resources, ROI as return on the individual. And but but we still don't understand that well enough. So until we can, and we're getting better at it, but but um until we can get that better, what do you replace our financial statements with? So yes, we can make huge strides in improving. And invest, but um, take away the financials from our investors right now, and then see what happens to the markets. Right? If you're a blank slate, if you don't have anything, then you know I, I talk to the professor in New York and say, 
okay, how do the markets look now? <laughs> Accountants pride themselves on their knowledge. And if you look at the way tax is changing all the time, the technological advancements, even technology, you've got to stay on top of all of that. So they've got to stay current. But when we look at the accounting qualification and the skills that they have to acquire and then the knowledge that they have to acquire, do you feel that CPAs are coming out of that with significant gaps or gaps that could be addressed? You know, I don't know if they're coming out of school with that. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not um, at, the, at that level. You know, what we're teaching is we're really focusing on CFOs, finance leaders who are becoming CFOs and young CFOs. So their background education. But what I'm finding when I talk to young people, they get stuff. They, they know technology, which is really super helpful. I, I'm working with, with some people right now and we're doing some data analytics on a company. And I'm amazed at what they can do with Excel, what, what they lack is the business sense yet. So, you know, that's what we have to give them. And that's why it's still important. Financials are still important. Understanding the, you know, the balance sheet, the PL. I can't emphasize that enough. Now there's flaws in it for sure, but understanding that and being able to add that to all the technology that they're using. I saw somebody, some wizard on Excel the other day. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. pivot tables and all the things he's doing and how quickly they could come up with some insights on large data sets. And that is the future. Now, whether it's, whether they're doing it with, you know, whether it's me asking the right questions, hopefully, uh, because I don't have the technology skills to do that, or it's somebody like that who can just run through so much and, and grab so much insight from large data sets. You know, that's where I think um, people coming out of school today will have huge advantages if they can set their foundation right. And that means understanding, you know, what it means to be an accountant and a finance professional. And, and if they understand the, the core parts of that. Um, they have so many tools to get so much better, so quicker. It's really exciting for them. And I, I don't think there's no reason that CPAs are super smart people and chartered accounts are super smart people. They'll pick this up. And, uh, you know, the, the question is, where will those talents end up? And they may not end up in a chartered accounting firm or a CPA firm. They may end up somewhere else. We'll get you on another episode to talk about the CFO role and the four pillars of competencies that you talk about at CFO University. But but just for now, let's let's stay on this. Soft skills, leadership, communication, gravitas, the persuasive skills to hold a meeting and convey what the numbers really mean and telling the narrative behind the black and white answers. Are those skills that you see in modern day CPAs and accountants, Steve? More and more. I mean, I think they know, they understand that they they understand the value that they create has to be different than it was 20 years ago. It isn't the signature on the, the bottom of an unqualified uh, report. So what it is, is, you know, how to bring insight. So I've been in, in meetings in, in the last, you know, four and five years where the auditors, when they're talking about the financial statements, much different than it was 20 years ago, they're trying to bring in much more insight. So they, they, they understand that piece. Um, there's still the, the, some of the rigor and the, and the steps and the process we use to get there is what concerns me that we train people into bad habits in, in, you know, whether it's through the audit or whether it's through, you know, the kind of the, the, the whole, the whole idea of gap and IFRS that we train people to not be innovative and creative. And that's where, that when you talk about the soft skills, I look at innovation, curiosity, creativity, um, that all gives you the ability to communicate through a story, to give people the insights that you want. So um, that, and that's where I worry sometimes we spend so, you know, these really smart people, it's a little bit like taxes. I'll take my shot at the tax people now. You know, we create these tax rules and take all these brilliant people and tell them how to let, let 
you know, wealthy people, you know, how to avoid taxes. In the U.S., it's certainly the case. Our tax code is so, so complex. And I'm going, these really smart people, can you imagine putting them to use as scientists? Maybe they're better nuclear scientists and creating a new energy source for us than they would be as tax. And, and the CPAs, I worry, sometimes go, go that same route. You know, are they, you know, making sure? And partly that's, we're so, certainly gap is very prescriptive. And, and so, you know, we're trying to follow the rules. So we spend so much time trying to follow the rules. All of a sudden, you know, you're in a little box and you can't think wide enough. So that's one of the areas where I really want to challenge CPAs and chartered accounts is making sure that they create a really big imagination box on what could be. Now, I'm going to give you a direct quote that you said, Steve, a few weeks ago when we were first meeting and prepping the show. You said this. Keep it clean. Don't use any of the cuss words I might have used. <laughs> So you said CPAs are dialed into governance and control with a historical outlook. And this locks them out of a future focus with the predictions and the analytics. And you've hinted at that so far. Just unpack that a bit for us, because that's fascinating. Well, I think the whole audit idea that so, you know, and, and we'll talk about this at the next show, but the accounting function really starts with governance, internal controls, how we manage, how we set up the business, how, you know, how we set up our general ledgers, how, you know, how and and that that piece so if we focus on that and we and we say okay this is this is what we're going to work towards and that's it then we, we lock ourselves into those uh to really stringent ways of doing things and that's where i think we spend uh accountants particularly and if you're in the audit function you're always trying to find you're not looking for new ways to do things you're looking for ways we did things wrong or way we didn't comply and there's a different mindset to that than there is in a, how do I make it better? How do I grow this business? And so there's this mindset shift that we gotta be, we gotta be careful. We don't get stuck in the, the audit role of really just trying to find all the problems and, and, and pointing out all the, and not looking for all the opportunities. So that's maybe, um, you know, one of the risks with that governance piece. And and thank you for, you know, making, making, taking such good notes last time. <laughs> but, but I think that's where, you know, we have to, that's what, you know, we learn the audit function is all about finding errors and, and, and that can put us in a, in a kind of a dark place sometimes. Right. And, and we've got to find ways to, um, you know, leverage that with, well, where are the opportunities here? It's not just, you know, not making so many mistakes. It's, there's a growth opportunity. And that's where I think the real opportunity is for all these smart CAs and CPAs that, you know, are going to be um, able to use their skills in other places. And when you talk about the growth opportunities, you're mindful of the compliance versus advisory debate. And is compliance dead? And accountants now need to be trusted advisors and go way beyond the compliance to be those consultants and be those peers of the buyers and the clients and bring in all this analytics and helping their clients make smart business decisions. You alluded to commercial acumen and business awareness. That's a key part of the puzzle, isn't it? If accountants are going to stay relevant. It sure is. You know, we call that the chief fact officer, which is the traditional accounting side, what you know, versus the chief feature officer. And that's a big dynamic because the things you mentioned, compliance, governance, those aren't going away. And in fact, some in, in fact they're growing. People expect us to be, you know, faster, uh, higher quality, cheaper. And those expectations are you know, kind of put a, uh, may, may put shackles on us. So, so if you have to get better at the, at the, being the, the chief fact officer. So if everything, you know, you have to have your books closed quicker, you have to have less errors, you have to have more quality information and that's all historical. 
that's that takes a lot of resource itself. And then, oh, by the way, all of a sudden I want future focus. So you got to use data analytics. So we got to come up with better decision making. We want and we want to understand our forecast for 18 months, not three months. And we and so both sides, the historical side or what we call a chief fact officer and the future side, the chief future officer are having more and more requirements and more and more expectations. And technology is helping in a lot of that. But there's also skill sets that we have to understand. There's got to be a, a higher level of understanding of what our role is. And that's, um, you know, those those forces are, you know, well, they're probably retiring some CFOs, but they're certainly creating a lot of challenges for others. We've covered on this show before, Steve, the threat to the accounting profession. There are less people coming into accounting as a career. There are more alluring choices for them. There's even a, a leakage of qualified accountants out of public practice or here in the UK, we call it private practice. Uh, into the into uh, commerce, into industry, into CFO roles. So, do you feel the accounting profession is under any kind of threat? We we hear of talent shortages and all kinds of things going on. It, you know, it's an industry under attack, um, and it's mostly a, a mechanized attack, right? And so, I think people we don't have, and I, I don't spend a bunch of time on this. I, I think it'd be great to have a public accountant you know, and say, what are they doing to make these jobs exciting? And you know, and for a long time, public accountants in the in the big the big four, they look at their alumni as potential customers, right? So they they look at it, we can develop, you know, if you become a partner, that's great. Or if you go become a CFO, that's great too. Either way we win. And so that, that idea that, Hey, if you come with us, your career is whether it's, whether it's as a partner or whether it's, you know, running some, you know, the, the finances for a company, that's a good thing. So we have to make that exciting and accountants, you know, don't have, you know, don't have, um, a great reputation for excitement, right? I mean, it's not like, and so we, we I think we as as the leaders in the in the industry have to understand, have to make sure that it is fun. To, it's fun to understand how a business works. It's fun to make a business run well. It's fun to work with people and teams that can grow things, and and that's exciting. And if that if that if you enjoy that, then you need to, you need to come into this field because you're going to have a lot of options. And so that's where I think you know our there's there's a, all the studies that come out that say, hey, this is a shrinking because of technology, this is going to be a shrinking field. You know, there's also another study that says, no, that's not the case. So I think we have to do a better job of selling what the opportunities are, because that's what's kind of murky now. You know, if the, if the role isn't in public accounting, isn't to partner, what do, you, what do we do? And so that's where I think we have to get a lot better at that, at making sure people see that future and make sure that, uh, you know, it isn't just about wealth creation, how much you're going to make. It's about, hey, you're going to have a lot of fun doing these jobs because you're not doing what you know, I did when I started as an auditor, you get to start with this. So you're kind of automatically starting five years ahead of where I was. And then you can be five years ahead your whole career. And so and we're not going to chain you to a desk for 10 or 15 years in the hope of making partner doing all the grunt work. Exactly. Exactly. So I think there's, there's a, there's a lot of potential to set, and I, and I, and I don't go, I don't interview at CPA firm. So I don't, I'm not sure how they're kind of pitching this now. But I look at it like, you know, there, there's just kind of a, you know, it just account is not a popular word. You know, it's not a, how do we make it, you know, so we either have to change the terminology and not call them accountants anymore, call them something else. Or, you know, we have to change the perception of what it means to be an accountant. Mm, some accountants on their websites and put in business advisors and things like that. But that's for another conversation. Steve, I want to ask you to wrap up in a moment by getting your crystal ball out and telling us what you feel might be coming up for the accounting profession over the next few years as you see it, because the CPA designation has traditionally been a route into CFO roles, but we know that that's changing and we'll talk about that in another episode. Just for the minute, 
Tell us about CFO University and the kind of things you guys do there. Well, you know, our whole uh, mission is to develop finance leaders uh, into CFOs and take CFOs and make them better CFOs. So that's kind of our, it's a global focus. Uh, our courses and everything are all in English now. So we're pretty, uh, you know, trying to find some ways to to uh, easily convert to some other languages. But um, but we're a global uh you know, a professional development platform really focused on finance and accounting leaders who, uh, and, and think of those, think of it as the direct reports to the CFO. So it might be the internal audit manager, it might be the treasurer, but anybody who reports to a CFO and CFOs themselves, those are people who can really benefit. We happen to have a lot of business owners who kind of like to check in and kind of look at some of our stuff because they want to know what a CFO should be doing at their company. But, um, but our target is uh, you know, developing great CFOs out of, you know, generally inexperienced CFOs and their direct reports. Well, we'll put your contact details on the show notes so people can reach out. And we'll talk more about this in another episode of what you do there and what makes a great CFO. But just to finish off this interview, Steve, Crystal Ball, what do you feel is coming up for the accounting profession over the next few years? Well, I think there'll be some pretty significant changes to the governance side of things, the gap and the IFRS. And I think that they're going to have to simplify things and they're going to have to be less focused on that because you're not going to get people to want to, um, you know, to want to, they, they don't see a future in that. So I think that's one thing that will happen, which is a, which is a, a very positive thing. The other thing, I think the technology, um, understanding technology and how that can, uh, you know, how you can leverage that in your role is going to be important. And so I think there'll be much more focus on fintech and how fintech can enable you your career so right now we look at fintech as helping companies get better i think you're going to find a, a whole role for people uh where you understand if what what do i need to know in fintech to be able to help my career and so i think there'll be a shift in that from you know focus on really companies using it to you know how are individuals going to use it to lever their career. well steve roswell this has been a fascinating insight into the cfo accountant uh axis if you like thank you so much for your time and your passion today my pleasure rob it's been great to be on the show you're listening to the accounting influencers podcast Sponsored by Advanced Track, helping you as an accountant confidently choose between outsourcing and offshoring. Sponsored.